Welcome to the Tri-State Space Program. On this episode, I talk to Jake and Nigel from Evansville band Wax Astro about their new album, which comes out tomorrow and coincides with the show at PG. That's tomorrow, October 9th. Without any further ado, here's Wax Astro. All right, so <laughs> so uh, full disclosure, uh, we tried to record, and uh, about ten minutes into that podcast, which was the best one ever, uh, it decided my laptop decided just to stop working, or you know it was my fault because I didn't plug it into the wall and it died, but uh, it could have fucking stayed on, you know. I mean, it knows I'm doing important shit. There's got to be some kind of like way. Could have pulled out like a monster. Terminator's never gonna happen based on my fucking laptop's poor performance today of not being fucking uh, otherworldly and somehow magically uh, stay alive like all the time. Whenever it knows that I'm doing a podcast, honestly, I think that it drained the battery on purpose (laughs) just to be an asshole. But anyway, I'm sitting here with uh, two members of Wax Astro. Formerly Go Nuclear, and um, so go ahead and explain the name change and the the uh, lineup changes and uh, yeah, cool. Let's get into that again. <laughs> All right. So um, we can introduce ourselves. Yeah. First. Yes. Yeah. Well, See, I, I missed that. Yeah, I did it the well, first time. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You guys, you guys didn't hear it, but it all happened. Yeah. We promise. Yeah. Um, so I'm Nigel. I play bass and backing vocals. I play backing vocals. Yeah, 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 it's an instrument. Yeah. He actually has recordings of blacking, bo- ba- blacking vocals. <laughs> That's, that was politically correct. I swear. You guys are hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, he, he has recordings. He just plays them. He doesn't actually do it himself. Yeah. He does that like a Johnny Greenwood thing, where he's got that box that has the recording on it, and it's going through a crazy speaker, and it's mic'd. You know what I'm talking about? He nope. actually is Johnny Greenwood. No, you're, yeah, you know. You're, Do I know? Yeah, you're Johnny Greenwood. Oh, yeah. In, I forgot. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. In Radiohead, uh, he, he's got that, they do it in a, in a, a national anthem. They do it, and there's that, like, uh, I think it's at the beginning, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Johnny Greenwood stops playing guitar at one point, and he's got, like, a box that's, like, playing know, audio. Sounds like a radio announcer or something, but huh. it's all muffly and crazy. Anyway. What do you do, second <laughs> member of, of Wax Astro? If this is any indication of how this podcast is going to be, it's going to take a long time before we get to uh, uh, get I, the details out. I'm yeah. one of the two Jakes. I play <laughs> guitar and sing. I sing lead vocals. I don't play them. So that's the difference between Nigel and myself. <laughs> Talent. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, you have a new album. That uh, is it. Fully recorded. Yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if there were any last minute anything you had to do. Just a few touch ups um, here and there, but okay. Um, uh, and you said the date, the release date you're hoping for is 13 days from now. The ninth. Okay, yes. that's what October you had 9th. in your head. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'll I'll make sure this. Uh, it might even release on the ninth. This podcast, or maybe a couple days before. Cool. Um, so uh, there's a little. 
preemptiveness, uh, if that's a fucking word. So, are the songs like uh, how do, how have they changed since? Because you used to have uh, viola, is that the mm-hmm. pronunciation? You used to have one of those. So how? I mean, I guess what happened and what happened to the sound and. Well, let's go back into the question that you addressed earlier that we already forgot about the name change. Yeah. Oh, right. And we'll just so, we can just tackle all we'll that. We'll just start from there, I guess. Um, okay, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. we remember what we said earlier before we could, your computer died. So we'll <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We actually have it written out. We'll just read the read the, yeah. the transcript. Read the transcript. Yeah. Of the, yeah. So, um, well, when it started, it was Jake and um, Nick Eberts and. Jake Jones. Jake Jones, and, who's still in the band, and then Tyler on viola. So that was the four that original was, members. That was them, and they uh, were doing... Go do- Nuclear. Yeah, that was Go Nuclear. And they were doing, like, a folkier-tinged punk sound. And then when me and Garrett joined, um, we pushed it a little more rockin'. I don't know. It yeah, was yeah. less from the folk, and um, and it was hard to, like, match up the leads from the viola and the lead guitar... And it just, yeah, I don't know. It just it, it wasn't working as well as we were hoping for, I guess. And I don't know. It was just this thing where, like, before before Garrett was ever in the band, we had like like we knew that Tyler didn't write like specific parts, but like it sounded good for what it was because we yeah. didn't have another lead uh-huh. there. So, but then once yeah. Garrett was in the band, it was like, well, he's clearly writing specific parts to an extent, and Tyler's not, and then we don't mm-hmm. know where to put him. Because if like if I mean you could have two leads if like that if like you could figure out where they where if they, they work together yeah. 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 yeah but we were ha- we were having no success like getting them to really like work like play off one another or anything yeah. it was it was just basically like filler it was just like filling out the song with things that are, don't need to be there yeah. kind of and now it's it's allowing for Garrett to like have a more like predominant role and more yeah. like he can do his own thing yeah. Um so that that's worked out, but how we got to the band name, uh, we we wanted to get away from the connotation of go nuclear and like okay, yeah. the political side of that, and it just wasn't us anymore. Like I mean, or it wasn't them anymore. I should say. Uh, so like you know they only have half they only only have half the original members now, so um, it was just like a completely new band, and the sounds changed a lot, and it was just perfect timing with the new album coming out. It's awesome. I can't wait to hear it, honestly. Yeah. Um, I really like the Go Nuclear stuff. I said earlier in the first recording, uh, and I'll say it again, uh, that I worked at the Edge, and when I did, I had one of Jake's solo songs that I played pretty often, and then once the Go Nuclear stuff came out, toward the end of my tenure there at the Edge, I played that stuff uh, every week, because it was uh, a lot of bands around here. Um, I'm not Obviously, I'm not going to name names, but a lot of bands around here have, you can tell where their influences are coming from, and they're almost doing a, an emulation of something. And, it, and I'm sure some people think that about me, but uh, that I don't know. You guys don't have that. I didn't really hear any obvious nods to anyone or anything, and it was just this totally organic sound that I really enjoyed uh, listening to. And I don't know, a lot of the bands I played while I was there... I really enjoyed listening to it. It was almost like it, it was two hours that I could just listen to some good ass music, and you guys were part of that. So, um, and I remember when I booked that show in November at uh, the then Hobo Jungle, um, you guys were like one of the first bands I thought of, 
So I was like, I know Jake's a good songwriter, and I can only imagine his band is going to be badass. So, um, so yeah, that's how it happened. I appreciate so, that. so yeah, that's uh, that's why you guys are one of the first like bands on here. And uh, so, you have any shows coming up? Anything? What What are the like developments other than the album? Well, we have the show tonight uh, with Nick Dittbeier, uh okay. from Louisville, and um, well, in the Sawdusters, like, uh, the Nick Dittbeier and the Sawdusters. Okay. And um, don't want to forget them. At PG. At PG, yeah, tonight. Okay. Um, what time? Uh, it'll be at nine o'clock. Uh, Not I guess that it really matters. Yeah, these this guys are going to hear later. But if you guys want to go back in time, if you guys have time yeah. machines. <laughs> yeah. Be if there. Anyone's listening to this. If you guys, have a, time, if you guys have a time machine, it was a great show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just. It was a great show. You guys missed out. We got. You know, it, it was it was amazing. So. I bet it will be though. Yeah, we're excited uh, for it because this is the new. This, this is, is our first, first show. Sh- yeah, the first show oh, with wow. the new awesome. with the new name, it's the new set, show. the new. We got some new songs that aren't going to be on the album that we're excited to debut. At, le- at least one. Um, no, there, uh, there's going to be. Two. Oh, there's two. I think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're excited about that, and those songs were all written um, collaboratively, like because like before the old so- songwriting style was mostly Jake had songs that he had written while before we were. Um, before me and Garrett were in the band, and then we kind of all blended them together, and I had a couple songs that we all blended. Um, but now these these songs are like everybody kind of really yeah. put in yeah. a near equal. Well, I think it all it a lot of it a lot of the collaborative process for some of these songs started whenever um, the drummer Jake Jones he was gone for like a month. He was to backpacking in Europe for the summer because he's that guy who does yeah. cool things. Uh, and then the three of us were, since we couldn't get any practices, full band practice at the time, we were just writing a bunch of new stuff. We were just sitting around in a room and just writing a lot and focusing specifically on like sound, like tones. And, yeah, we did, we did get a lot of work done with like our, because before it was pretty much, you had, we had our clean and we had distortion. And yeah. that was about it really. And now like... We've all, we got some new pedals, we got some more effects, some more... That's always exciting. Yeah. And just so, planning things out and mapping them exactly. more. And just, like, just starting with, like, just going through the song and every... And, I mean, the three of us all just, like, throwing ideas of what yeah, the song should it, do here. Really cool. It, it was it was kind of like workshopping the songs in a way where yeah. we're, we were like, all right, we all know how to play the songs. We all know how it's going to go. And we would all, like, spend time separately... And then come back together with like, oh wow, I was you know playing with this, and we could do this, and and then we'd all pick up on that, and so it's yeah, I mean I think it's the songwriting process is gonna be a lot more like that from here on out, where it's kind of we're all workshop, we're all like throwing ideas mm-hmm. back and forth. Before I mean it was like that before, but it was also kind of like this is what the song is, and what can we do in within these parameters? And now we're like, well we can extend the, those parameters now. It can like, be anything. It can yeah, be anything yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you really have to open up to that. Cause I've I've experienced the same thing in bands where uh, it's I mean it's a clash of egos is what a band is. I mean mm-hmm. everybody yeah, wants, everybody wants the limelight. Yeah, at some, some point. of that limelight. Yeah. yeah, and you just have to you have to learn to share it. Exactly. You know. Um, yeah, bands that have one just fucking egotistical maniac at the helm, they a lot of times they sound really fucking good, but they don't produce enough material because everyone's fed up with that one. Yeah. You know, and it's all pivoted. It's all. It's all like pressured on the one person right. to write everything. Yeah, like quarterback, and I think, basically. yeah, exactly. Or like I a think, pitcher, really, it, more so. Yeah, 
quarterback has the other players he has to rely on to do a good job. That's the ideal situation. You mm-hmm. have a quarterback or songwriter or whatever mm-hmm. who who is kind of almost the brainchild of the operation. Or wait, fuck. The brains of the operation and the band is their brainchild is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, but if you, I don't know, you have to let everyone in on the creative process as the principal songwriter, or it just doesn't work. I feel like yeah. you get people, people's animosity exactly more so. And I, I think that happened. I mean, that was happening with the stuff that's going to be on the album to an extent, but I feel like it was a little more centered on me. For sure, like especially well, you're the this lead singer. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, and, well, this first this first album, like when it was gone nuclear. <laughs> He was like the sole songwriter. Like I think yeah. maybe Nick had a few ideas or something in there. Kind of, but, but it was mainly it was mainly it was like mainly me. Yeah, it was just like so. Here's I think my a lot song of the- and everyone's just like, okay, here's a bass line, here's a drum. Like it was basically they just added like, their parts. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of like. But I think a lot of the pressure's been lifted off of him, and he can like, and I think it it, it makes it like everybody has like everybody's ideas are equally valid. You know what okay, I mean? So yeah. like the. The pressure's not all on him to like write a terrific song where it's like he can write part of it and then somebody else can throw in something or vice versa or you know like everybody has the ability to write a great song and we can all just make it better. So, so. lyrics wise, uh, who I mean, is that what is that also what you mean? Is lyrics like does that, uh, um do I would I would say members? I would say Jake is the principal lyricist. Um, okay. But that helps like, with continuity. It does. That, that's one thing. It keeps that, the images yeah. and like yeah. the, the themes pretty solid. But then again, um, I mean, I've been I've been writing a little little bit, and and when like a, a lot of the songs I write, Jake will like help me with the lyrics and be like, "You need oh. to clear it up here. You know, you need to, you know." He he's been a real good mentor in that way, where like he can tell me where what I'm doing wrong, and he'll either like, well. I can rewrite this here for you or, you know, give it another shot. And that's really cool for me. And I don't feel like, I just feel like it's, that's been a great like, experience for me to learn. You know, I can feel like I'm learning a lot. That's and awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Jake's a hell of a lyricist. I'm not yeah. trying to butter, butter bread exactly. <laughs> but, but no, I've, like, that's one of, the, one of the big reasons that I played your solo stuff. Just the lyrics are just like really cleverly written and there's a lot of like, uh, wordplay and stuff. Um, I dig it. I dig it a lot. So, um, what uh, have the themes changed at all? Have the the lyrical themes changed at all oh. between Go Nuclear and Wax Astro? Like with the album that we're about to release, or with newer stuff, or just in general? Um, uh, in I guess just in yeah. In yeah, any way, the new you album, can answer yeah. the question. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. yeah, no, I would say. Yeah, I would definitely say they have. Um, I mean, there's still songs for Go Nuclear were still introspective, but I mean that one song that we had. I'd say style-wise, the song Insomniac is a lot closer to some of the stuff, at least yeah. on the album. But then, like in terms of the content, that song is a lot more. Well, it gets political. It gets pretty political in the bridge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's moved to a lot more. I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely introspective, but then there's some kind of. There's forlorn love songs. Yeah, I, I feel like on this this first album, like we were. I mean, we all wrote like any all the songs that we did write were written. 
either before me and Garrett joined the band or like when we did join the band when we first went to join the band and that was like that was over a year ago so I mean like I guess naturally we're just gonna be writing different things because I mean we're, we're all different people now yeah, yeah. and um but like w the songs I was writing I wrote as I, I first moved down here to Evansville I had been here for I stayed on campus at USI for my first year and then my second year I finally moved down here and got my own place and so it was like kind of like the idea of just like being separate from your home and everything else that you knew yeah yeah kind of cheesy ideas but no no, no, no. but that's like a, yeah that's where I was at you know yeah. so like <laughs> but now it's like you know this Evansville is my home now so I'm not writing about that I'm not you know we're I'm writing completely different material and Jake's in the same spot where he's not I don't know I'll let you talk about it <laughs> dropping shit um <laughs> so okay so what uh I don't know I guess uh, another place to go would be has uh, other than obviously the uh, viola is not in there anymore uh in what other ways have has the music changed uh the instrumentation i guess would be a better way to put that you want to take this one um well i mean even on some of the i mean there there are a few songs on the album like especially the newer ones that we almost figured out in the studio because we were we were basically being dumb and we just wanted an album we just wanted something to be able to like send off and take it to the next level we were just kind of rushing that process along yeah. so we had three songs was it three or two wasn't it three i think there were three songs that jones three so had never even yeah, played three, there were three songs that we'd never even played before we just like went into the studio and like wrote them wow and that so was a cool experience though. it was cool but it was also like it, probably, it was rushed for yeah. sure um but it was really cool because Clark, yeah. who we recorded with, he I mean, he, he really helped develop that sound with okay, his what, production. Uh, what, is it in his house or is it... Uh, we it's... recorded at Resurgence Church where the hatch okay. was. Um, awesome. We got, yeah, we got to record yeah, so in there. That, so that was a really cool, cool space to record in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, on some of those newer songs, I would say that the sound has changed on some of those because even then, they, it was kind of, we were throwing ideas back more as just like the four of us because mm -hmm. I felt like I feel like we just like found a much better dynamic that we could work with and when it was the five of us it was like cramped and it was hard to figure stuff out but then with the four of us like some of because some of those songs are a lot more specific I'm thinking of the song off main where there's all the breaks there's all these like specific specific music breaks and it's like building up and, and like For sure. yeah. it's a lot more and a lot of that I think came from uh, like Garrett's ideas of like um, I don't know, like he, like he was playing them and like being like a lead guitarist, he like was getting these accents and these like rhythmic stops and stuff. And then we were like, well, we could all do that and like yeah. build, you know, this, this intent. And it kind of turns into almost like an epic. It's not really an epic, but like it's got like this big building movement to it. So writing it in the studio was really cool because we were, it was actually the first time where we were actually hearing what everybody was doing. You know what I yeah, mean? Because like yeah, when yeah. you're playing in like a small garage and all the amps are just turned up yeah. it's hard to like like you're focused on what you're doing you're trying to write your own parts mm -hmm. and then when you're actually like sitting down and hearing everything separate you're like oh wow he's doing that so i can accent that with this and like it, it it was a really cool experience that's cool how many songs on the album 10 have you said yet okay 10 10 songs awesome that's it well that's a definitely uh full length 
yeah. I didn't know if it was, you know, you were calling it an album and it wasn't quite a full length or no, not. I, I didn't know. And I think that was another reason is because when we talked to Clark who recorded it, he said, like, this is the price for a 10-song album. And so we're like, oh, we need to have a 10-song album. Yeah. So that's another reason why, so like... So had seven... We probably ready, had seven that we were yeah. like, we can definitely do seven. And it's like, well, I have three that would, like... <laughs> fit the album thematically and I think it'd be perfect but we were just like we'll make it work but I know Jake Jones really felt rushed on it yeah but I I don't think I don't think it was a bad thing no I don't I don't think it came well, out bad it, it came out very well yeah if it comes out sounding like the rest of the album plus mm-hmm. you've been recording the rest did you do the three new ones first or did you do them last or kind of I did think we, we think we did them all in the order we of the did, album yeah, we okay sweet so like if the album gets progressively better that's why <laughs> yeah. well then those three like uh, I guess so you kind of mixed it up then like, yeah those three yeah. songs aren't together no, they're not the back to back those three songs I guess are what five, <laughs> five six and ten yeah okay so there's a little bit of a break in between there yeah um, and like there's some songs on the album that we've had since the beginning. Yeah, there are some songs that it's just so easy to get a good take of because, like, everyone knew. And then, you know, other songs, it's just like, okay, we'll, we'll what figure are we it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to this the next yeah. day or something, you know. So, That's, How long did it take? How many sessions? And- oh, man. Um, we started recording. I think we started demos in, like, late May, right? Well, no, you mean late March. Yeah, late March. Yeah, That's sorry. when we demoed first. And then, and then by the time we actually got in the studio and started recording, it was maybe early April. Mm-hmm. Or... Early to I don't know sometime in April, and then we were done. So I mean I I guess we, had, we were done recording by June. I'm pretty no, sure. No, we were done recording by May. He was Jake really? was gone by June. Oh, we were done recording. Um, but we were we we finished like pretty soon before or pretty close to the time that he left. Maybe like mid. It was around the time it was like mid to late May, like 18th or 20th or something. So I'm pretty like that. sure school was finished. Yeah. I don't know. It's a month. Yeah, a month was, or maybe a, a week or two. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So like every weekend or it was kind of just like whenever somebody like we we had all different yeah. schedules. It was like wow. so it was really just like some days we could have everyone there. Some days it some was days like was you like, just came in and did your parts when you had oh, an hour really? or two. Because like yeah. sweet. you know I was in that's cool though. Because like he had school. He had in his class schedule and work schedule. I had my class schedule, work schedule. Garrett had his work schedule. Jake Jones was working three jobs. Mm. Wow. He was working nights. the worst. Yeah, so like, his was really hard to coordinate. And then the guy, were, and then Clark, who we're recording with, he could really only do Mondays and Thursdays mm-hmm. because he has, he works at Starbucks. And so I the see. only, he wanted to really just kind of do the days he had off. So we, you know, we had really limited schedules. So we just kind of did, we just went with whatever we. Yeah, whenever, whenever somebody had an yeah. hour or two. It was just like, yeah. And it got done. The, yeah. yeah, that's the done. beauty of it. It got done. Like, yeah. You have got 10 done. songs now. Yeah, it was, that's awesome. It's really cool. But for the next release, I would really love to just go in and record, like, as much as we could, just like as a band and kind of get them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even like, because I think Clark said he has the. He has something to where we could all kind of record. Yeah, he got this really cool. Um, this, like interface I guess I don't know I'm not a producer but you can like he can plug all of the amps into it okay. like through like their headphone speaker like yeah, yeah, plugs yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah so yeah. like the music isn't coming out of the amps but then he can run it all through headphones so we can all be in the same room and record the drums live yeah yeah like and get like a yeah. more and, and less like of uh, so just the instruments mm-hmm. do it all live and then come back into the vocals it, yeah. yeah maybe lead parts yeah That's do some a, a few overdubs do. yeah yeah but I definitely want to at least like 
start off with a more live sound and then like overdub off of it. But I want that kind of, I want this kind of fluid, raw thing where we just like play through the album and then we overdub on top of it. But even if we could like have a room mic and just capturing like whatever I'm doing vocally, if I do like some weird little yell or whatever, you know, just capturing all of that. Well, that's kind of, we did some cool stuff like that with this album where we had like, we recorded scratch tracks um, as demos and like there were parts in the demos that were really good and some that were uh, really bad. But he, he, there were parts where he kept the good parts and um, it kind of gives it a little bit of an organic feel even though it's not, you know, because it's all spliced together. But he's a really good producer and uh, he got he he was learning a lot as we were learning too yeah this is like his first like full album production thing so this was really yeah. cool for him and for us mm -hmm. and we all got to just toss around ideas and yeah. just try stuff out that's really awesome yeah that's awesome to have a have kind of a producer um or a you know just, i guess engineer is another term for that person mm -hmm. but just to have someone who's uh kind of in it with you you know yeah like, instead of it just being a you know, this is some extra money for me, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I actually give a shit about what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, know? he totally cared. Like, he was, I mean, during the process, he was almost like the fifth member, you know? Yeah. It was, he was listening to the songs as much as we were. He, yeah. and with the demos, like, he took a week or two before we even went to the studio, and he, like, learned the songs, and, like, huh. he was, like, singing along to them, getting them stuck in his head and stuff. So wow. he was, like, he was into it, and he, and he could have, he had visions of what it could sound like, too, but he was never too, like... It's got to be this way. Oh yeah, and he was yeah, never too like hands yeah. off, where like it's whatever. Yeah, he was never you want, trying so. to like he was never trying to like change the structure, or suggest anything like that. Yeah. But when we were figuring out like tones, he was there like oh hands on. He was he was, he was awesome. the one he turning dials. He was giving us stuff. pedals that he had in the studio. And yeah, just, like, saying, I think this one would be really good for this song. Like I used, <laughs> I think I used his bass on half of the tracks. Really? Because yeah, I, awesome. I had, I had this Ibanez with active pickups, and it was cool because like. Before I was in Go Nuclear, uh, I was playing like a more like a jazzier, improvised kind of stuff and mo more of like a fluid sound. And then with Go Nuclear, it was more aggressive and more yeah. raw. So it was like I more switched. Attack. Yeah, so I was like I switched to a pick and like the the you know getting more gain in my my amp and the the active pickups just weren't getting me like the nice like you know. P bass sound, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the classic sound. And so he bought a P bass. So I bought a P bass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, no, you actually did. That's not even a joke. No, yeah, I did. <laughs> but I got to use his jazz bass on it, and um, you know, he was like totally there. Like whatever he had, we were free to use, and it was that's always awesome, awesome too. Yeah. yeah. And then when what? they have equipment, right after we're done recording, he goes and buys the bass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a maybe a few weeks or. <laughs> it's just like I'm oh, done money, recording, man. but yeah, that's I know. When I had the money. It's just funny. It's just like oh. I could have had this a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, next the, album. The next one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be a distinct like improvement mm -hmm. to you. You know, when you listen to it, you'll be like, yeah. yeah. You'll always probably think, I wish I had that P bass for when I was yeah. recording this. But I bet the jazz bass sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. So. It sounded good. It sounded really good. And I, I think... Did, did Garrett use one of his guitars ever? I feel uh, like he might have. I don't yeah, know. He, he at least have, used a that. lot. I think he might have used his amp at some point. Oh, okay. There was there was a couple amps that he had Garrett's amp, and then there was a. Uh, he might have even piggybacked them at one point too. Oh, like, wow. I don't remember what kind of amp it was. It was. Now. We but, did some cool stuff. We also got the the coolest part was all the percussion stuff that we were adding in. He had Jake Jones down there with a, uh, with like, a case for a bass drum, yeah. like a like a carrying case, and just like, hitting it. 
like punching it, <laughs> punching it, and mic that up, and it sounds great, and it's got this like wow. thundering sound, and then we also had like just like metal. Well, just the Sheets, room, because like, we recorded on like, a church sanctuary, but he sits in the room where he's mixing everything. It sits overlooking the sanctuary. So he, wow. he stuck like a room mic out the window, and it oh, just like yeah. captured so much Wow, more. that's awesome. So, that sounds like it would be just an experience to yeah. record there. Does he do it a lot? I mean, does he do it a lot, or you guys... Well, we're, we're his first group. He's got another group in there now. Yeah. Uh, who's Sweet. He, who's he got in there? This Noise. This Noise, He's doing yeah. stuff with them now. I don't know. I don't know how how far along they are in the process. I think they're just starting. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, he just finished. He just got us our masters like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I imagine he's probably taking some time off. He's been working all. Well, he's in Germany right now. Well, no, well, yeah, really? he is in Germany. But I mean, like, I'm sure he's gonna plan to take a take a week off or so. I mean, he's been working on our stuff all through the summer. I mean, okay, he's put yeah, in a lot yeah. of hard work for it. I, really I see. appreciate that. So he's been like mixing and mastering this whole time. He, yeah, he did. He did all of that. That's awesome. That's awesome to have one person do everything. Like when Texas T recorded our EP, which actually now we went through a name change as well. We're the Jangle Sheep now because Texas T and the Jangle Sheep was too long, and a couple of the guys didn't really like it. And I'm kind of whatever as long as some semblance of that name is still there because it, it's mm-hmm. like I, I like it. It grew on me at first. I thought it was stupid, but it grew on me. Yeah, and uh, like anything was. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway so. When we recorded with Gary, um, it was kind of a. It was like he was like kind of like the fifth member too. He did he did let us kind of tell him whatever we wanted to happen with it, mm-hmm. and he's also kind of starting out, so recording bands at least. Yeah, uh, he's been a musician for a long time, but uh, that's another thing. Is he a? I mean, obviously he's a musician if he's got basses, so um, that's a great thing to have in an engineer too. Is someone who's a musician. Who knows something about structuring a song, and you know they can hear where it's going and everything. For sure. Um, so they can get a grasp on what you're doing a lot more quickly than someone who's not a musician and who's, you know, same with sound guys at shows. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you guys have had some mixed experiences with that around here, uh, how you sound at shows. And you, uh, you, were, we were talking earlier, uh, I think before the recording, and you said something about how. Uh, you know, you couldn't couldn't really hear the violist. Yeah, know, during shows, it, it really would depend on the venue, you know. And I don't know. It's just hard because he had a he basically had a twenty dollar pickup that just plugs direct. There's just like a little jack. It just plugs in. So he had to be standing right next to the PA if he, you know, and like so yeah. then he was getting feedback. It's just like and he couldn't go up that loud or was gonna feedback, and he couldn't go up really as loud as us. It was just hard because it's like oh we have to be quiet enough to hear him. You know what yeah, I mean? It's just yeah. kind of weird. Um, you can't jam necessarily because, yeah. It's yeah. just really hard when you're working with any kind of stringed instrument like a viola or violin if it, if it isn't. Because yeah, well, at one point we were trying to mic it, but then even then he has to stay in one certain spot. Mm-hmm. It has to be, you know, because if he moves too much, it's just going to completely change. Mm-hmm. So that it was like some songs it worked for it. Well, some songs you could hear it clearly. I think that's what we did at the, the Hobo Jungle. Right? Yeah, we, we, think, yeah. up, we just yeah, had yeah. like a microphone, like, yeah. a, like a vocal mic right yeah. up on it. Yeah. I think well, that's... one thing, uh, well, I mean, it's in, he's no longer with you guys, but uh, one thing that I just thought of, which is probably dumb, it probably wouldn't work, but uh, if you had two mics that were kind of like, uh, you know, Picking where up just it, like, yeah, the, like it the, almost like um, got, yeah, yeah, it almost 
So that way he can move around a little bit. But yeah. even then, when you're working with an instrument like that, it's yeah. like... But then, it, but then it, it comes to, like, either we have to pack that equipment with us or we have to expect Just the hope that they to have, have that equipment. To have, like, mics, yeah, yeah four or five Because then ideally yeah. you'd want not necessarily, like, a dynamic vocal mic. You'd want something kind of like the mics that are in front of us now where they're, like, set up and there's, you know, yeah. they're set up accordingly and not, like, a sure SM58 that's just, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dark, dark. <laughs> that's not going to catch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a condenser would, but then you get the feedback if if the drums were yeah. there, you know. So it yeah, mic and shit is weird. Way more complicated. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird thing. It's like we figured out how to capture sound and then make it louder. But you know, and I guess it's we've gotten it down to a science. As I'm talking about humanity, right yeah. Now. Uh, <laughs> we've gotten it down to a science pretty well, but it's still like at a, at an Evansville level, at like a local level, uh-huh. it's still kind of a murky thing, like trying to get because uh, it. You know, for every room, it's different. For absolutely, uh, so it's a weird thing. Uh, local sound. Um, I've heard really good, and I've heard really bad. So, mm-hmm. kind of runs the gamut on that. But um, where all of you guys played around here, around the tri-state um, or no, beyond? You can we have well, too. we haven't played out of town except for Owensboro. Yeah, we but I mean, played yeah, we, we played the cream. Oh yeah, we did play at Occupy. Oh yeah, I guess and we did play. We played a show at the Cream. We played Wired, PG, Hobo Jungle, and then Penny Lane. Mm-hmm. That's probably about it. Yeah, but we are we're trying to get together. Um, we're not really on it at all right now. But we need to get. We, we want. We have an idea of like we want to start playing out of state. Get to like Cincinnati or Louisville. Louisville. Louisville's not bad. I mean, Nashville. even just out of cities, even just out of city, like even if we could get Bloomington or Bloomington, Muncie, Ooh, yeah, either one of those, like yeah. yeah, you know, doing some of those, like not stuff that's too far right away, just doing like, you know, because you got to start, you don't, you're not going to start booking some crazy tour where you're driving to all these cities that are all three hours yeah. away. It's kind of a weekend thing at first. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's how I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So Cause far, because the other thing about setting up a longer tour like that is, we would have to figure out how we would. Because it's nice if you can have like a van or something, but we don't have. I don't know. None of us have the ability to. Carry I mean, I wouldn't be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised though if Jones did somehow have. Like he's just like, oh yeah, I know a guy, and it's like you've never mentioned this. Because <laughs> he. He I does mean, kind of pull stuff out of his hat. Because he used to be in a band that toured like in New York. It's because they had um, the money to do it, but they just like toured like New York and. Niagara Falls, and they did all That's that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they they went all over. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but uh, mm. St. Louis is another city. Yeah, yeah. And they have a they actually have a, a pretty vibrant scene. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Nashville. That's a good yeah. one. We're Mikey J, the guy who uh, ran the Pineapple Project for a little while. He might still run it. I'm not sure, but uh, he actually told he said we're in the middle of all these big cities around us mm-hmm. and you know Evansville's like a hundred thousand so you would, I don't know you would think we would have maintained our music scene but it, it kind of uh, it hit a it hit a wall back in like the 2000s like the late 2000s um, as far as I I saw it because you know you had 1123 and Boney Junes and I don't know how old you guys are I'm 25 so I I was of the age to hear about all that stuff, but I was also in Rockport, so I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't really go a lot. I went to Boney Junes a few times, but I went, I went to Boney Junes a couple times. But uh, I don't know. One one topic I like to talk about on the show is uh, the music scene in general, and kind of get everyone's like perspective of it. So 
Um, Zach Evans, uh, who we knew from the Courier and Press, yeah. uh, he, I had him on a few weeks ago, and he said that he thinks that we're at a precipice right now. Do you guys, uh, do you guys have that same feeling that Evansville is kind of on the precipice of another peak of a music scene, or how do you feel about it? Mm. I could, I mean, there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely talent here, and there's definitely bands that people are getting into. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just like. If we could get more venues, I would help. Because, I mean, really, it seems like PG is the main venue that a lot of stuff is happening at. Yeah. It's like we're, but it's such a small venue. Yeah. It's great. But it is. It's yeah, great yeah. for what it is. But I think if there were more venues like that, because, I mean, one venue that's that small isn't going to be able to carry. The it's not going to be able, not gonna be able to bring yeah. Evansville up to this like status where we have, you know, these. Because it's really going to get sm- really small, really independent bands. And it's not yeah. going to get bands that are. A little well, you know, because that's what's gonna establish people coming here mm-hmm. for a little bit bigger shows. People aren't gonna come here for really, really small shows. People aren't gonna, you know, drive like two or three hours for a really small show. Yeah, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, something. we're we're not gonna draw anybody from two hours away. That's for sure. Unless it's like your friends, or you know, it's yeah, like someone's exactly. friends that are specifically yeah, yeah. coming to hear them. But, but I don't know. know. I'm I'm not from Evansville, so I I don't feel like I have a whole lot of room to talk, but. From in, coming from Indy, the Indy area, um, it definitely seems like there's, there's I mean, there's, really, there's good music here, and there's, there's definitely people uh, doing it. Um, but like, like in Indy, there's, you can, there, there's a lot more venues. There's just more people, you know, and there's more like, capacity for it. Where here, it's like you can play at PG and then Wired every once in a while. You know, it's, yeah. there's, not, there's not a whole lot of... Like you can't like, if you're wanting to play a show every week, you're you're gonna be playing at the, the same bar. spot. You're gonna be playing at yeah. the bar, or, or, or at the, the bar. Yeah, the bar but like, but if, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bar scene, but I mean, but that's I mean, a completely not, different yeah, scene. Yeah, we're not trying to do yeah. two hours of covers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys don't uh, do you have any covers? Uh, yeah, we we started working on a couple. We're gonna do. We're doing a cover tonight. We're doing a big star cover tonight. Okay, sweet. That's a fucking good band to cover. Yeah, a well, band that doesn't get a lot of uh, attention. Well, we we all kind of, I mean, I don't know about you, but I kind of just discovered them this year. Really? Um, I've known about him for a while. Be, yeah, because I, of Elliot Smith, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know he he really liked him. I know he did it. Well, he at least did a cover of Thirteen. 13. Yeah, yeah. That was a great cover too. I mean, it. He yeah, I pretty much did a dead up cover. Like it was so yeah. close. I mean, I've known about him for a little bit, and I'd heard of him. I'd heard maybe heard a song or two, kind of gradually. But then I watched the documentary on Netflix earlier this year and then I was like you guys have to watch this so then I watched yeah. it with them and, and it, it is I mean yeah I mean been listening to uh, Radio City and number one record I mean those are great you know yeah. um, and like it kind of like they have this sound that we they kind of embody this idea that we're trying to go for like they have the the raw edginess that like me and Garrett are looking for but also has like the amazing pop hooks that you know oh, that, yeah, that Jake definitely. is looking for. So like it, that's the, they kind of influenced like the new direction of the songwriting. Um, we kind of had that in the back of our minds. Um, so yeah, we're covering them tonight, and we're all pretty excited. Like when, the first time we got it down, we were, I remember we were all just like looking around, smiling. Uh, like, I was gonna say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we were all just like, wow, shit, this is really good, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's fun being in, I mean, that's one thing about being in a band that's really 
awesome is like when you get something down whether it be original or cover when you get it down and you realize like everyone collectively realizes like okay that's 99 percent there like mm-hmm. there's only tiny changes that we could possibly make to that to make it better like and everyone's just looking around like kind of smiling yeah. and even during the song like while you're jamming yeah. uh that's always like one aspect of a band that i've really enjoyed is like the collective feeling of accomplishment exactly mm-hmm. Elijah's always looking over at me during practice i think it's just because he's got a crush on me but <laughs> You'll get well. It's because I'm always just like randomly doing whatever I want to vocally, yeah. just like <laughs> trying to do some random big note that I've never done before. And I usually by the, tonight I'm gonna have to go easy at practice because usually this is how the last few practices have gone. I lose my voice mid practice from just going crazy. Uh, you just like and then by the end of practice I can't long. sing anymore. Yeah, but I can't do that because I'm gonna have to play a show afterwards. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's gonna be a bad show. Well, I'm on my, my end. Yeah. On my end. <laughs> If you're coming back in your time machine, just, uh, you know, post something about it mm-hmm. on Twitter or Facebook so we know. Um, but you, you said earlier it was going to be a good show for all those listening in the future. Oh, yeah. But, no, uh, we, got some, we got some new material. We got some material that's old, I guess. Uh, classic. Yeah. Guess. yeah. Um, classics. Uh, yeah. Classics that haven't been released yet. Yeah. Classics. <laughs> classic right? 2014 music. Exactly. Little throwbacks there. Um, we, we, uh, I mean, we just got a new sound now, and um, it's exciting. I don't think we've played a show. I think the last show we played, we didn't have Tyler, but we... No, like, we did. Did we? Is that last show we played was Stock. Was it? Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Even more so then. Um, yeah, because we were just kind of like... Jake was gone for a month, and then we were like, well, let's not... We just kind of want to focus on the album and writing stuff and just playing. And just developing our new sound, so... Yeah, so we haven't played a show since May, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. been a while. been a long time, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, it's... Well, it's kind of a miracle for an Evansville band to last more than a year. Honestly, like, a lot of bands have, like, reached, like, a peak, and then they just... They peaked really early as far as you know uh the collective enjoyment i guess and then that happens a lot around here it seems like and a lot of members kind of being kind of playing uh musical chairs and different bands just kind of uh, it does seem like everybody's kind of like in the same band sometimes like everybody's sometimes, in a few yeah. bands yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all working together and that's pretty cool i like that yeah it's, it's a like scene. a network yeah it's a exactly. community yeah. yeah like it really is a community and i think that's one thing that kind of gets lost on the lay person because they're not in the community necessarily but you I mean I don't know one thing I try to stress uh, that I've talked about before is you don't have to be a musician to contribute to the music and like artistic scene of Evansville like musicians need artwork a lot of times musicians aren't good visual artists Mm -hmm. so they need some artwork and you know videos and 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 all kinds of they need people to enjoy it yeah you know like if nobody's gonna listen to it then what's the point right and I mean if I don't know I go out to shows relatively often at least two or three a month at least like Mm -hmm. I have to I just I've got to be uh, out there and at least if a band is good I have to buy a piece of their merch even Mm -hmm. if I'm fucking dead broke and I have like five dollars in my pocket I'll still buy a sticker Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know trying to set an example I guess uh, or try uh, not that, I mean, a lot of people don't like local music. A lot of people are cool listening to the same 50 pop country songs mm-hmm. over and over again. 
on all, all day. Yeah, that's, that's basically what I was doing. Jason Aldean and shit. That's, that's our new direction, actually. <laughs> Scratch everything we've said previously. Because, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily talk about this, but I feel like uh, pop country is at the point where uh, it's like a formula where, okay, where is the girl sitting in my truck? Yeah. Is or is there alcohol? Well, there's obviously probably yeah. alcohol. Is it, is it Coors Light yeah, or is yeah, it House Blue Ribbon? Say, what type of alcohol? <laughs> is it bourbon or is it beer? It's uh, not really questions. It's more statements. There is a girl sitting in my truck. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, to sit down and write a there's song. There's alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, so where is the girl positioned in the truck? Mm-hmm. Are her feet on the dashboard? Um, and then what type of alcohol do we have in the cooler? Is the cooler making any noise? Like sloshing, because I've heard references to that. And it's that's basically all it is. Yeah. And what classic get, country artist can I name drop that, in this yeah. fucking song to make my song cooler? Like, can yeah. I talk about Hank? Should I talk about Waylon Jennings? Bo Cephas? Who, who the fuck's it going to be? Re- yeah, reference them, and then it <laughs> makes no sense. It's like, oh, I can definitely not hear any of the influence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why this doesn't sound anything like David Allen Coe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, David Allen Coe is going to be in Tell City tonight. Really? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I heard about it on Thursday, and I was like, really? Well, if you're so, listening, guys, scratch that. If you got a time machine, really just go to that. If you yeah, do, no, don't, no, no. don't see us. I'm not saying, see actually, I, I was going to make the point that that uh, you're probably not going to get a lot of people uh, going to that show instead of yours, surely. Uh, yeah, those probably. audiences don't overlap very I wouldn't, much. I wouldn't think so. Especially since it's in Perry County anyway, so yeah. it's uh, like 50 miles away, so you don't have to worry too much. But I... I there is a story, uh, Ferris the Destroyer, uh, Kyle Stallings, who is now Ewoki Talkie, you've probably heard of him, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Gary, who recorded the Texas T shit, um, I went to high school with both of those guys, and in high school they were in a band called Ferris the Destroyer, and they had two shows in a row that both times that they did a show, one, it was Larry the Cable Guy was in town, oh, okay. so like... All the bars were dead, and and then the next time it was that uh, the the ventriloquist, what's his fucking name, Jeff Dunham, and same both thing. really highbrow, the both same really highbrow comedians, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> top yeah. notch there. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't. Are you guys stand up comedy fans? I know Jake is. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, and shit. but I don't, I definitely wouldn't say I'm like a big fan of either of those. Guys. No, I'm not. <laughs> even, I, I was no. gonna say if you are a stand up like, comedy fan, you're not. You're not, not those yeah, guys. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, that's why I asked. Yeah, because yeah. The, then, then you don't go anywhere near that. Like yeah. that's like fucking lame. Yeah. And if Pandora pulls one of them up when you're trying to listen to other people, it's like really, really Pandora. Yeah. If I've if I've typed in Hannibal Burris, why the fuck are you playing like Larry the Cable Guy? Yeah. Which has happened. Like sometimes after you listen to the same Pandora station for like probably a collective they like, run out hours, and they're eventually yeah, yeah. like all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Like at least give me fucking Carlin or something mm-hmm. at the like. You could at least assume that I'm. I would like that, but uh, anyway, we can. I mean, we can talk about whatever. I'm just. <laughs> we don't. If you guys want to stay talking about the, uh, really, what I would like to see, is a fucking stand-up comedy community start to happen in Evansville. I feel like there are a is few there, like sporadic a people. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I. You know, are there even like? I don't even know if there's like a stand-up bar. There, is well, there? there used to be. I mean, I'd say the main stand-up bar, it's not only a stand-up bar, but, I mean, Boca Lounge gets offensive Oh, yeah, they there. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, um, 
I mean, I actually am in, I don't know if I'm in the group or if I just see the stuff the group does, but there is like a comedy group, Facebook comedy group, and they do post events. Evansville? And it's mainly, yeah. Is Evansville based? Okay. Um, and I mean, do you know Rachel Goldman? Yeah, I've heard the name. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, if she's not in charge of the group, she's always involved in like all the events. And okay. I mean, you know Gavin Eddings, or do you know that name? Uh, He's another maybe. local comedian that, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely been, I feel like, I mean, I can't speak for the community because I'm not as much of a part of that one. I've been yeah. to some of the events, but I would say there's I been, a, a I would say there's been a resurgence or at least, I mean, I guess I also am only 22, so I wouldn't have been able to go to bars and yeah. not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, um, I would love to see that though. I, yeah. I would love for there to be more events to go to stand up comedy wise. Cause I'm such a huge great, fan. Yeah. I could never do it. I'm yeah. not, I'm not. Uh, articulate enough I don't think for that but uh, I don't have the guts I just I don't either (laughs) to be a rapper or a stand up comedian more than uh, almost as much as you have to be good at either of those things you have to have like confidence in what you're doing like it's and and, which is fucked up because uh, I guess I mean live because there are plenty of rappers like living room or bedroom rappers who around here who are not very good but then there are a lot of them that are actually really good um, but then you like stand up. I feel like it's the same way. Like live, yeah, you have to be. You have to have balls to fucking do that. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of balls. And rap, it takes a lot of balls to do live. But there, uh, actually, I had a couple guys from Louisville on the podcast a little while back. Um, Forrest Gumption is one <laughs> of the guys. They're fucking incredible. They're Forrest Gumption. They're in a, a collective called uh, Embrace the Hate, and they're really fucking good. Uh, it, they sound like they might not be. They're like lyrically incredible. Just to just to let you guys. I don't know if you guys like hip hop at all or dabble or listen to it. You know. I think Jake listens to it a little more than I do. <coughs> I mean, just because I just don't. I mean, it's not like I try to avoid it, but I definitely just never got into it. Like, there's oh, yeah. I've, I've tried, and maybe I've just never been shown the right people. But it's just I don't know. Check them out. Yeah, they're really good. Uh. Well, uh, that's that kind of gets into a, a question I wanted to ask. Um, everybody has different influences and everything, um, but do you, as a band, do you collectively, other than what we've already talked about, do you have any other, like Big Star, but do you have any other influences that everyone is kind of like, yeah, like um, any other I bands? Think, I think it's kind of getting more that way, but I think that was kind of another thing at the start. It was just like, yeah. I have my influences that are largely driving what I want to do with everything, and then... I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like the more we've been able to hang out and share stuff, the it's, more we've it's been more of like a shared in, shared yeah. influence kind of thing. I see. Well, but I've been since since I was in high school. I've been really into alternative country music. So okay. And I mean that's kind of reflected in a lot of the songs on this CD. But then also looking ahead, I feel like I was gonna mention this earlier when we were talking about. Well, we were talking about pop country, but I was just yeah. talking about just talking about not even pop country, just country in general. I feel like looking ahead into songwriting kind of a reason I'm wanting to get away from and I mean it's still gonna have like a country tinge to it but moving away from such a country sound is because I feel like it's really easy to write any kind of country song (laughs) like even a good country song you still are like it's still so easy to just like listen to a song and like even great um, artists like Jason Isbell I mean I'm I'm fairly into him and I've shown Nigel a lot of Mm -hmm. well actually he already knew about him to an extent yeah my brother was really into him but like he writes great songs but they're still also like 
you know what kind of songs. They're very, like, working class. It's really easy to write these, like, tropes into country songs. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's like, these are the Im- this is the imagery that's going to be in a country song. This is what it's going to be about. And that's why I've wanted to... I mean, I'm still probably going to carry some of We're the- not sad enough uh, to, <laughs> to write country music anymore. I mean, there was a time where, I, where all I was writing was sad country songs, and then it just gets boring. And yeah. It's just, you, you write the same song, pretty much. Yeah, I can see that. How, how it kind of... You almost come up with your own formula mm-hmm. at, at a yeah. certain point. Like you come up with, okay, well that worked last time. Yeah. So and, you know, it's and your just brain really just figuring out like what sound actually works for us. Because yeah, because <laughs> sometimes um, you know I'll have a song and it's I like it, but then I'm like, well, that doesn't really feel like the band though. That doesn't feel like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but influence wise, oh man. It's hard to articulate, you know, because like you pull like a little bit from here and there, you know, so yeah, it's hard yeah. to say like any one, but like there's definitely a few big names I would probably think. Like, I've been pulling a lot from Wilco. Um, okay. Jake, I mean, I'm going to speak for you. You probably, pull, I mean, you pull a lot from like Brett Miller and his stuff. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously know. Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams, for oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of got this eclectic kind of feel. I mean, Jones is really into pop music, um, and then Garrett's really into classic rock and guitar work. So okay, yeah. It's all it's kind of like a melting pot. I don't know. But Jones is into everything. Like, yeah. you can't even describe. It's hard his influences. to say. Like, I mean, there'll be like an EDM here, song that comes here, on. Like, oh man, I love this album. If he was here. It would just be bizarre to talk to him about his influences because yeah. he likes he likes really like technically like music that we would get into and then we'd also get in the car with him and he's just listening to R. Kelly's newest CD because he, <laughs> he loves R. Kelly and it's just like that's random yeah <laughs> and I mean he's also really weird because he likes doing these like drum covers and he did that one that was Bye 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 by NSYNC a few years ago it was a joke a few years ago it was a joke he has like a backwards oh, visor on he's just, like, wow. he's just like impersonating a bro and he's doing that's a awesome. drum cover but he actually enjoyed doing it and he talked to me about doing um what song um, oh, that, the song Bump and Grind? Oh, yeah, yeah. R. Kelly. Yeah, is that, oh, that, is, that is R. Kelly. I think it is, yeah. I know he has a song called Bump and Grind. I don't know if there's more than one. But he's, he talked to me recently about wanting he's going to do a drum cover of that. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> wow. Like, play the, the original song with And then just, like, and just, like and do the drums the over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool, though. <laughs> Basically, he's Travis Barker. That's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> That's a funny idea. I feel like, because uh, anyone who puts in Bump and Grind and scrolls down a couple pages will get it, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see it and then maybe listen or maybe watch it. Um, and maybe find uh, Wax Astro. And the, yeah, that's the way go. we get big. That's keep how, it up. Just keep having yeah. Jones. So how do you guys, like... when you guys know you were going to make it, when Jones's drum cover videos blew up, yeah. that's when we knew <laughs> we had a shot. Wait, Basically, did you guys like know a... that the drummer from this band is actually the cover guy? Like that's... <laughs> we made it on a gimmick. Yeah. Well. That's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's that Justin Bieber fame. Yeah. Or well, maybe R. Kelly really worked for him. Like, yeah. and we'll start working with yeah. R. Kelly. <laughs> or Bo Burnham. Yeah, he there did, you go. He did that. Yeah, that's a way cooler uh, example. example. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> way more intelligent and independent example. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, are you guys fans, Bo Burnham? Yeah, I like Bo Burnham. I fucking love Bo Burnham. Uh, huge fan. Uh, you can do a lot with YouTube now. Like, I watch a lot of like the the gaming videos. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like like Markiplier and Game Grumps and stuff, and like. 
you, it, it's cool to see like you you watch back like a few years ago like their older stuff and like they're just recording in the living room or whatever and now mm-hmm. within three years I mean Markiplier's got like eight million followers and it's just like they're celebrities now in their own right and they're yeah. they're able to and make the it a living quality the production out. quality is terrific and like you get more money from YouTube and then you exactly. spend it on your equipment and shit you get, you exactly. get multi-platform so yeah you know it's, yeah. it's able, I mean it's cool to see how like and, and if, YouTube's got those like advertisements now that like are super annoying but it's like yeah. all those people they're like look you can be famous too and like yeah they're exaggerating it but it's also to an extent kind of true like I mean if you're putting out good stuff and you're able to market it, it is possible. Like, I mean, YouTube's yeah. and like all kinds of stuff like that, YouTube and all the other social medias, Instagram and stuff. It's, it, it, it gives a lot more power to artists to, to be able to get their stuff out. And that's really cool. I think we're in a, cause like, I feel like back in, you know, like if you look back at like the eighties or something, you got like, like the hardcore scene, like they got popular, but they didn't get, they didn't get like, huge but they got their success came from being in a community that was like vibrant and like people were physically there and like they were all working with the same producers and stuff and you look now it's like everything's been split up more but it's all like online so I don't know it's the community's still there it's just it's not in the physical realm anymore. I don't know it's it's you know it's all I mean we're in the digital age Yeah. yeah you know so it's like I don't know, there's a whole new, like, it's like a new frontier, almost, you know, yeah. like, the, what you're able to... It's like, and it's also like, I feel like it's, it's harder to make the kind of career you want off of, it's it's easier, I don't know if easier, but if you know what you're doing, you can get virtual fame, but it's harder to keep it going and make a career. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it, well, if you, you, run, you run the risk of becoming like a gimmick, exactly, yeah. you know, like what you're saying, like you run the risk of just being a one-off kind of thing. Yeah. I guess that's true for any time, I mean, there's yeah. always one-hit wonders, I don't know. Yeah, there have been yeah plenty of bands. Well, I mean, Vanilla Ice. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Vanilla Ice, he had that one song, and then now he's on TV still. Mm-hmm. He was in that Adam Sandler, Adam yeah. Sandberg movie. What was that? Uh, uh, that's My Boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty funny movie. Uh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> I, like, I like those goofy fucking yeah. comedies. You take them for what they are, you know? It's, and Adam Sandler... He's still, he's still got it. I, th- I mean, there are some of his movies yeah, Jack that and are Joe stupid, was but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he still makes dumb movies, but yeah, but yeah, uh, the PG no, ones are yeah. usually pretty dumb. But yeah. well, I mean, like the grown ups movies are. Eh. Uh, have you guys okay. seen that new one, Pixel? Have you guys? No, I, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't see it. I might actually be seeing it tonight. Yeah, I think it's like Adam Sandler and like Kevin James. I could be wrong, but it I feel is. Like it's it's like... Adam Sandler, Kevin James, the the little person from Game of Thrones. Can't remember his name. Uh, the uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he was on Nip Tuck mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, did you guys watch Nip Tuck? Nope. No, <laughs> I don't watch Game of Thrones either. We and him, I don't. Me, either. And, me and Jake are both there. like we don't watch TV shows. We don't at all. Not really. No I, Breaking Bad. No, you didn't. I don't. I don't that? care enough to like oh, get dude. that involved in the like eight seasons. You know, I don't, I don't like, have. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't have, have the very time. many TV shows under my belt. Yeah. Just that Breaking Bad's the only one I've seen the whole way through. Yeah, I'm always blown away when people have seen so many shows. I'm like, so that's what you do then? Like, yeah, that, like the people we work do. with, like they're just like they know like every episode. Like Jones, he's even like that. He can like rattle off like like with The Office. He can tell you the oh, number, okay. the title, and then like wow. the entire plot of like yeah. every that's episode. That's a that's a good show. Yeah, I just yeah, I almost watched The Office all the way through. Well, what I did, I watched through, like the fourth or fifth season. 
I don't know. I, I don't remember. I, I don't really remember watching much past when Michael Scott left. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Who replaced him? It, it, they had a, a few, like, coming in. Right. They? I don't well, know if they yeah, ever settled. Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell was there yeah, for a second, yeah. but then, I mean... One then, episode, I think. Then Dwight became the... Right. Dwight kind of... Right. So they kind of just used the pre-existing characters. I mean, they brought... There were more... There were newer characters. They brought, like, interns and stuff in. Yeah. And were more, How many seasons did they do after? Eight or nine seasons. Yeah, they did a lot. Well, after he left. Oh, three or four seasons. Three or four. Wow. I didn't know yeah, it went yeah. that long after... I figured right, they I know, to do, like, one season in pan. I know that, like... I could probably enjoy it to an extent, but, I mean, Becky watched all of them. She even said, like, the last season was easily the worst. Because it's just, like, that was when it was just, like, okay, let's just really hone in on Jim and Pam's love interest. Yeah. Like, well, after they got married, right? Yeah, yeah. but I knew, you knew that was going to happen. I already I already never really cared that much about... I always liked the show better when it wasn't about their relationship. Because I know, like, yeah. so, I, somebody... A, I've seen a couple shows that have, like, noticed that, like... Like Scrubs was kind of like that. It was really yeah. funny at first, and then it like got all like emotional yeah. and like Grey's Anatomy, and I was just like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, it turned into <laughs> yeah. what it was originally kind of making Parody, fun of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so many girls I went to. I remember like I didn't watch The Office in high school, but so many girls I went to high school with really liked The Office, and they loved Jim and Pam, and that's why one reason I didn't want to watch it. I was yeah. like, it's still got some good. It, it's got good parts. The English one is fucking amazing. I. I um, I would probably rather watch. Yeah. I mean, Ricky Gervais is fucking yeah, he's pretty amazing. Pretty so, uh, <laughs> uh, did you ever see? Sure, we're going way like uh, left <laughs> field right now. But did you ever see the him host the Emmys? Did you see those yeah. Emmys where he hosted them? I th- I, yeah. Was it more than one that he did? I think he did. Did he do two years in a row? He might have done two years, but I think it was the second he was, one. Hmm. He was great. Oh my god! I I think I saw the second one. Maybe. Yeah. No. His he was just pulling punches. Oh my god! He was yeah. It was insane. He was so funny, and he even made fun of like the whole process, the whole Emmy process. Really? Yeah. He like made fun of it and like, uh, yeah. And he was like, uh, I guess I won't be back next year or something like the whole, you know, he made a bunch of really, really harsh jokes yeah. and yeah, it's pretty, he was, he's always funny. Like his Twitter stream is really funny too. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Twitter feed. Uh, I don't know what, what the fuck I'm talking about. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, another good stand up as well. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. His stand up's pretty funny. Um, seen, I feel like I've seen one of them. Yeah. I've maybe seen one. Yeah, he's good. He's uh, and he's also like a really strong like atheist uh, figure. You know, yeah, yeah, figure. But but I mean, he didn't an, talk an, about an it animal, a lot. Right? And kind of yeah. like an animal rights activist. It, yeah, definitely an animal rights yeah. activist. Uh, yeah, because the Cecil the lion thing. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that that like swept the news for a while, and it was like. There's so many other things going on right now, and it's <laughs> one lion. I mean. Not that it's not a, a big deal if yeah. that guy illegally killed a lion. That, that's not cool, but come that's on. What like, <laughs> social, that's what happens with social media. Is like It's not that these things are important. It's just that for five days, that's all I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's just like this it, fucking lion. Like it's well, that's, that's just, it happens with everything. Social media is weird, like especially when it comes to politics. Like you know, yeah. It's easy to I, – I fall into that trap all the time, mainly just because I'm trying to piss off my dad. Yeah. But, that, yeah. <laughs> but he uh, – like, uh, you, you see, like, you know, you'll see, like, something, and it's so easy to just share it, you know? And then, like, there's there's also that idea of, like, oh, you're passing the information on, trying to get the word out. But also, you're kind of just, like, perpetuating this, like, I don't know, just... Obstinance? Yeah, of. like, you're not really doing anything. You're not yeah. really, like, being active. You're just like, oh, I care, because I shared this. 
Yeah, you yeah. did. I mean, slacktivism is the term. For yeah, it. yeah. It's just... that's. I try to like. I mean, I don't share that many political things. I just mm-hmm. every the other day I shared like a Bernie Sanders. It was that whole like Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton, like yeah, just that, funding them. That, yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, I feel like, I mean, it might be selectivism, but I don't know. Like maybe someone will see that and it'll be good. Like yeah, maybe you'll yeah, change know. somebody's mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm not gonna waste my time posting like Donald Trump sucks things because if you don't already know that, I just like the funny things, man. I saw this one. I think it was on Inger or something, and they like compared like him. To like all of these different like, f- like foods and like animals and stuff, like things that look like Donald Trump. And there's like a like a ear of corn with like the tassels on the top. Oh wow! Oh my god! It, it that sounds like a Jimmy Fallon bit or something. Yeah. Like, there was one. It was just like, like an orange. It was just like an orange because and it was like showed his face and he was like really like tan or something. I don't know. It stuff like that cracks me up. Have you guys <laughs> been uh, watching Colbert on the Late Show? Mm-mm. I know that he had Donald Trump on there. I didn't. I haven't watched that yet. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen the Donald Trump one, but it's, it's the Colbert Report basically, on, on broadcast yeah. TV. That's basically what it is. He said he was retiring the character, but that just means he's not going to act like a Republican anymore. That's yeah. basically what it means. It means that but now, even, even when real he, politics... Well, he was, act, he, was, he, was act, like, he was satirizing. Yeah, him. he was pretty, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously, well, I, yeah, obviously yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's the whole thing, is he's, he's like a fake political pundit, but now he's not... So, I mean, he still does so many political bits, though. Uh, on the first show, he did a bit about Donald Trump, and he was talking about he was eating an Oreo for every little, like, Donald Trump fact that they kept showing you, like a video, like a, a little bite of. And he would take a, he would eat a fucking Oreo, and he's like, okay, we've only got one more. And then he eats another Oreo, and it comes back, he's like, all right, one more. And then eventually, uh, they show, like, a bunch of, like, words of Donald Trump's like right in a row yeah. and he and when it comes back he's like got the bag open of Oreos just, just like dumping, dumping them all face. over his nice suit and shit all over his face it's pretty awesome good <laughs> metaphor for like how that type of media attention is bad for us mm-hmm. just like Oreos like too many of them are bad for us like it was a really good it was I don't know his that's what I love about Stephen Colbert is his like the underlying metaphors and his jokes and his like bits it's like I don't know. Jimmy Fallon's good, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have any kind of message whatsoever. Yeah. But Stephen Colbert has an actual fucking message, and there's actually some like, I don't know. There's a lot of nuance to what he's doing, and that's why I thought it was awesome. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Fallon is really just like aesthetic surface value comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, look, I have a celebrity on, and we're gonna whoever loses, we get slapped in the face with a big hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty gimmicky. Yeah. It's funny, but it, you know it, it is. is what it is. Yeah. Like an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it has the same yeah value. Uh, well, the roots are on Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy so Fallon, that's fantastic. We will love to be on your show. Don't take anything I said to heart. Well, no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to have a, he's movie. good. Yeah. He's just not. He doesn't have the depth that Colbert does. I think that's why that was such a good decision. Like, uh, you know, David Letterman's leaving. Who are we mm-hmm. going to get to do this? Colbert yeah. was an obvious choice. Yeah, they probably asked John Stewart first, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's like remaining politically active. Have you seen that he's like fighting for? Uh, yeah. Is it veterans that he's fighting for? Is it? No, no, no. Nine eleven. Nine eleven responders. That's who it is. Uh, he was in Washington D.C. Uh, giving a speech at a like a rally about the nine eleven health care bill and how they're like the Republicans didn't want to extend it anymore 
because it was a compromise when they first, which I don't know why that's not, why wouldn't that be a Republican thing? You know, like, like yeah. why wouldn't they want to perpetuate just 9-11 in general? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Kind of shitting on Republicans. Shots fired. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we, we, I did, was, it, was it this time or the time before? I think it was we the time reporting? before. We were like, we're, we we're not going to get political. Yeah, we don't want to talk yeah, political. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was. <laughs> anyway, okay. we actually have a song Bernie. prepared, yeah. though. We have a, didn't we write a political song we're about to go into right now? Yep, here we go. <laughs> that was it. That was, <laughs> I hope you liked it. <laughs> you can edit it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, yeah, just send it to me, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, we don't have to. We're keep, playing that at the, we played that at the show tonight if you want to go yeah. back. <laughs> if you want to go experience that. Or it sounds way better. If you me. have a time machine, you can experience both. The Wax Astro Show at PG, and the David Allen Coe Show in Tell City. You can just go, but go back twice, and just fucking see both of those. Yeah, shows. that won't fuck anything up in the future. Yeah, it won't. No. Just that you attended both shows. Mm -hmm. Who's gonna know? So maybe if you if you know where this gets recorded, you could come here, and then you could actually hear your voice in this podcast. You could just be. In the you room. could tell yourself to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're not hearing yourself right now, you probably didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's walking in yet. <laughs> so, are we listening? Let's listen for them. Uh, well, um, what time? What time do we have? All right. Well, should probably wrap up pretty soon. Um, where can people find your music once it comes out? Where's it going to be? By the time this is released, we should have at least two songs out. We're releasing a single. Okay. Well, online. by the time this is released. It'll be a week well, okay, or two. Yeah, I guess. I'm gonna try to release it a couple days before before your okay. We'll at least have two songs online, two songs. but by October 9th, if you go, I mean, it's gonna be the same site. If you go to waxaster.bandcamp.com, that's okay. where all the music is gonna be. And so there'll either be two songs, or if on October 9th, there will probably be the full length album. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear it, guys. Um, is it gonna be free or what price are you saying? <laughs> I'm thinking. At? I'm thinking that um, maybe for a digital copy, I feel like five dollars or something smaller. Or yeah, are you making I mean, physicals? kind of. Sorry, what? Are you doing yeah, physicals? we're doing yeah. physical yeah. copies, and for obviously for a physical copy, I think. But we're I, I feel like it. digital download. I mean, it could almost be like just like name your own price. I mean, yeah, like, name your own price. I mean, I mean something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want anybody to like have to go out of their way. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like. But I mean, I would rather somebody hear our music than like. Yeah. And not pay for it. Then well, somebody have to charge like, for physical copies. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, we got unless they're we real make, cheap, you know. Yeah, I mean, at least for the two, like, to do it. I don't know if we're putting two songs up today or when we're putting those two songs up, but whenever we put those two songs up, like, to kind of be like, this is what's coming. I mean, those are gonna be up for free, obviously, because sure. yeah. those are just like, I mean, obviously, it's just like download this, listen to it, get you interested. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, maybe you know something. Name your own price might be yeah. a good idea. But yeah, I mean, for physical copies, probably ten dollars, yeah. ten songs, dollar per song. That makes sense. If anybody is listening and they are like good with merch and they have any merch ideas, contact us because we're always looking for designers because we're not graphic designers by any means. We've been learning a lot trying I've, to do album art. I've and, been yeah. I've been doing all right. Yeah, I've he's been, been doing he's been, I've doing been spending stuff. way too much time though. <laughs> yeah, like I've and it's, too many hours. Have you thought it. about flash drives? Uh, like a flash drives with our music. Yeah, yeah, bands. Of, I've seen bands do that because uh, you can get them through. Uh, there are a lot of companies, but you can definitely get them through VistaPrint, and then they print your logo on them or whatever. And then you just you know you put you can load them down with all your and then you can give them photo you can give people photos videos everything 
and that's links cool. to shit that's online, even like a private link, you know. Yeah. And that could be given out, but you know, um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of options now. We're in the fucking future right now. We're yeah. got a lot of technology. Well, actually, you guys are in the future. But <laughs> <laughs> please come here. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're lonely. <laughs> we're in the but yeah we're in the, this like golden age of merch where you can get CDs made for like three bucks a piece, you know, and and they have. And they're like state of the art. They're like you know industry standard CDs for like three dollars, four dollars a piece. And uh, you know that's awesome. T-shirts as well. Mm-hmm. Like just a lot of shit. Uh, do you have any merch going on right now? Do you have any stickers, buttons, anything? No, not yet. We're hoping to. I'm hoping that around the same time when I'm sending off to get the album press, that we can send off like some similar designs and get either buttons or T-shirts or both. I don't know. It's something that we need to figure out soon. But I'm really just trying to figure the album art right now and then like maybe somehow adapting that into some kind of t-shirt because that's really all we'd have right now. We don't have any other designs yeah. lingering around. I see. Well, um, it's been fun, guys. Thanks for, uh, well, thanks thanks for, for coming on. Yeah. Uh, so that's waxastro.bandcamp.com. I'm also going to put the link in the description of this podcast. Uh we're on Facebook. Bye. <laughs> yeah, you should plug that shit because that's how people can follow yeah. you. And I'll also post those links too. Sweet. So you're on Twitter too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. All right, for real this time. Bye. <laughs>